You're listening to the Elevate Your Brand podcast, where we talk to some of the smartest entrepreneurs and fastest growing brands on the market today. I'm your host, Laurel Mintz, a reformed corporate M&A attorney who founded award-winning LA-based marketing agency, Elevate My Brand. We've elevated some of the world's biggest brands from Facebook, Paw Patrol, and Verizon to innovative startups you haven't even heard of yet. Are you ready to elevate your brand? Keep listening. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Elevate Your Brand. I, of course, am your host, Laurel Mint, and I'm joined today by who I believe to be one of our time's most prolific stencil street artists, Jeremy Novi. Jeremy, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. So what is stencil street art? I don't know if everyone listening in is aware of it as a form, but share with us what is stencil street art? Um, so stencil street art um, is uh, a kind of an art movement um, of street art, um, one of one of kind of many different forms of, of street art that uh, exist. And, and it's, it's stencils. Sometimes it uh, is political. Um, sometimes it's just imagery. Um, but it's the use of uh, stenciled images on our on the streets um, to impact 100% of our demographic, which is much different than any other art um, that we may see uh, on a computer, um, in museums. All of these things are only seen by a certain um, demographic of people that may go to this specific museum or actually go to this specific website or thing like that, where street art um, allows for 100% of, of the community to see it. Um, and then stenciling is is uh, one of the forms. Um, and this is similar to silk screening in mm-hmm. a way, um, the way that the, the image is put together in multiple layers. That's so interesting. I actually didn't think about it, but it is very much something that becomes a part of your day to day, especially in the pandemic where, you know, you basically could only be outside for some time. I remember coming across, for example, your koi fish. And every time I would see a koi fish, it would just light me up. I'm such a big fan of the work. But I didn't think about it to your point just now about how it's really art for the people because everyone, it's about it's about accessibility, right? Yeah, no, um, uh, street art is definitely art for the people um, in a different way um, uh, than other other art um, because it is able to reach uh, people in, in a much wider audience. Um, you can sometimes make it a little political. You can make it about specific people. You can make it about topics such as the pandemic and finding ways to communicate with one another when we are unable to uh, communicate in groups or, or actually go to um, art, art exhibits or things like that that um in in that matter yeah it's one of the things that we have missed my husband and I have missed so much like we've been collecting you know a little bit here and there for years and we're such fans of you know artists in general because I can't even draw a straight line to save my life but to your point you know we missed going into galleries we missed going into having those experiential moments where you're submerged in a in an art experience and your work specifically um, you know, being out in the streets and being accessible to everyone was something that really kind of saved us during the pandemic. Um, so I'm really grateful for for your work. And you've been doing it a while now, right? Uh, yeah, I've been um, doing street art, uh, stencil street art um, for 18 years. Wow. Um, yeah. Uh, some, of, some of my images I've, I've carried on for a long time. Um, uh, and um, yeah. 
It's amazing. I mean, I, how did you start in this specific specific genre? Well, um, so I, I think it, I think it had um, a bit to do with um, some of my uh, schooling. Um, mm-hmm. So I first went to a technical school for graphic design, which um, kind of uh, brought interest into illustrations um, and kind of graphic images, um, or or this idea of like how an image can convey a full on message. You know, we, mm-hmm. we have that with logos specifically, uh, right. where one single image uh, carries on a very long story or company's uh, manifesto in, 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 in some ways, you know? Um, and so that combined with going to art school for photography um, and looking at uh, how how we see our visual landscape um, mm. like through the camera lens somewhat, um, I came up with um, uh, doing street art. I At first, it was about um, finding urban blight um, in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, um, specifically. As uh, industry was leaving, more and more of the city was starting to um, come similar um, or had similar projections of possibly becoming like Detroit or right. Indiana, where we specifically know what, what has happened as as the industry left um, and left behind these, these buildings and things, um, and urban blight and decay started to happen so i started to do uh, uh stencils um on the street to try to fix and highlight some of the the urban blight um one specific project i did was i put stencils of doors and windows on board up buildings throughout um uh, milwaukee and hmm. so at first it was a photography project um for school where i would just photograph the building prior um to having these uh, uh stencils put on it and then take a picture in that same exact spot um uh with with the stencils of the doors and windows over top of it um to, to talk about how we don't want you know to have um board of buildings come a, a huge part of certain neighborhoods and it already had started happening um there were sections of milwaukee that i've specifically felt that i drove by and drove through and i would actually shut down inside like it's it's like i know i went past like five six blocks but there's nothing there to mm. uh, awaken my senses and my mind besides maybe a stop sign or traffic light and so we uh we ignore it and and ignoring ignoring things such as urban blight and urban decay and 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 things like that um are are hugely i think a problem in not being able to solve them um uh, obviously urban decay is a problem but then when we um on top of it ignore it uh we're we're not having any way of solving that or 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 a solution or conversation can be started so i started doing these as an art project and um i really found it uh uh rewarding and um the city really loved it and in fact the um, the state newspaper in Wisconsin um, ended up writing a article and they asked the Department of Public Works in Milwaukee their thoughts on my art and what they thought my art was um, because I was putting it up um, um, illegally. And this is like 2004. This is a right. little bit uh, before our current times where there's a lot more popularity um, in, in street art. Um, and they, there was at a time where they really still thought that street art um, was 100% graffiti. And they really right. as, as like a, a huge criminal uh, offense you know it's like where do we draw the line um between one thing that uses spray paint and another thing that uses spray paint interesting Um, so so what, what had happened is the department of public works actually said that they only wished i didn't have a surface to do my art on hmm 
So they never said that they thought my art was illegal. They literally thought that they wished that this problem didn't exist. Right. That's what I got from that. And as soon as that happened, the uh, city of Milwaukee reinstated or started to um, uh, ticket people once again for a law that already was in the books. There was this law that said you could not board up a house for six months uh, without a $500 fine for every every month after that. You know, like, um, and, and so people had been boarding up houses and just not fixing them up to rent them back out or, or whatever um, and doing it for longer that like, you know, two, three years. Um, and so the city started like, you know, ticketing people um, again, or like really trying to move to fix this. And, and the, the Department of Public Works said that they only wished I didn't have a surface to do my art on. And at which time something in my head like clicked and was like, wow, I, I can make art that can maybe change change things in, in, a, in a progressive way and, and change people's thoughts, make people happy, all of these things. And, and I can do it through street art. You know, I, I'd been already having um, uh, exhibits of photography and galleries and I had like, you know, good following and, and, and some of my stuff is in, um, you know, some, some cool collections and whatnot, but it didn't have that same um, uh, feeling that like I could do something that could be for everyone, you know, not, yeah. not just for the people that would come to my exhibit. You know, that's, that's only people interested in my style of art. Um, people that are maybe interested into that gallery or interested in that museum. Limited. Come and, yeah. Come and see it, you know? Um, yeah. And so, so that like clicked in my head and really, really pushed me um, into continuing using stencils um, as, as my art. It's such a fascinating, fascinating medium. We're going to take a quick break. And then when we come back, I want to drill down into your specific koi fish, which is what you are maybe most well known for. So stay tuned. Hi guys, me again. I wanted to take a quick break to tell you more about our award winning marketing agency, Elevate My Brand. We're a full service digital and experiential agency, meaning we do it all from event management to content creation, branding, web design, and social media. We're a small but scrappy team of both data nerds and quirky creatives, and we're here to make you look good. After this episode, let's chat about how we can elevate your brand and take you to the next level. Thanks for sticking with us. And if you're just tuning in, I am chatting with Jeremy Novi, who is a stencil street artist and really very political. I had no idea. Well, I knew that you were uh, you, you were political, but I didn't realize that that was actually the root of the work, which is so interesting. So thank you for sharing that with us. Um, and you you then came across the koi fish concept. Share with us how you came across that and where the root of that was from. Yeah, so um, uh, I was going to um, uh, art school, um, and we had a study abroad program um, to go to China. And so I ended up going um, to China for, for a total of three months, um, wow. uh, and I traveled around different areas um, and really like was absorbing all of this Chinese culture. Um, and when we came back, we had to do an art project. Um, it was one of our requirements to, to make a piece of art that um, uh, was something that we learned or, or experienced in our, in our time there. So mm-hmm. I ended up doing um, stencils of koi um, on the ground. Um, I, I learned that um, during the Cultural Revolution, uh, the Chinese had to destroy their culture to make way for a new culture of communism. So they had to destroy imperialism, um, ideas of Chinese lucky numbers, feng shui color palettes, images of Buddha. 
And so wow. uh, some regions, they had devised a plan that they were going to hide Chinese lucky numbers in koi paintings. So depending hmm. on how many koi are in a painting and what the title is, references a different Chinese lucky number. So the history would never be lost. Wow. Yeah, so it became an iconography um, thing or, or, or you know, th- through visual messages. So um, I, whenever I do them, actually, to this day, and I've been stenciling them for 14 years now, um, I do them in certain number combinations, um, depending on the space. Uh, sometimes I do seven, and those are in community spaces, um, parks, things like that, because um, seven is about community and relationships. Um, five is a number of transformation. It's a story of an emperor coming from peasantry, walking through five gates, the final one being the forbidden city before coming emperor. It's kind of a um, like following your destiny, um, becoming becoming something um, greater, uh, which is so a great cool. Story. And everything is in odd numbers, right? I mean, that's Chinese culture is very much about threes and sixes and or threes and nines and, you know, odd numbers, right? Yeah, yeah. For the most part, you know, there's odd numbers, but there are a few um, uh, double, like uh, even numbers that are are kind of popular too. You know, um, two is double happiness, which who doesn't want to be happy once, but over and over again, hopefully. Um, Very cool. um, There's eight, which is good fortune. um, Right, infinity. yeah, and, and, and that's, um, you know, Las Vegas or Reno, they have they have eight kind of hidden away in some of their alleyways and, and different places to kind of be about that space. And did you always have that depth? Because like, what's so unique about your koi fish? Because a lot of people have drawn koi over the over, you know, their careers. But your koi, I mean, it just feels alive. It literally feels like you walk, you are walking down a sidewalk and they're swimming next to you because you have this really unique depth perception that you create. Um, Was that part of your original piece or did that come later? Yeah, so um, uh, originally I've stuck with the same exact um, stenciled image, the same exact colors, the patterns. They can switch out, so none of them are uh, ever the same, but um, they they have like, you know, the basic uh, uh, starting there. Uh, But about three years ago, I actually, and so they're in like a bird's eye point of view, but about three, three years ago, I added the drop shadow to them. Yep. which um, elevates them uh, even a little bit more and then really truly makes them kind of 3D as if they're floating on top of the sidewalk. They're just magical. I mean, every time, first of all, it's so clear when it's your work, right? Like, you know what a Jeremy Novi koi looks like. And it just feels like you've fallen into like Alice in Wonderland and these amazing little magical fish are swimming next to you. I just, there's, I bring, they bring so much joy to me, Jeremy. I can't even thank you enough for the work that you do. Oh, thank you. Yeah, no, they're really about bringing a lot of joy. You know, our our urban landscape um, is, is filled with a lot of like broken car windows, yeah. human and animal feces, um, sometimes even uh, worse like hypodermic needles and and other things that are scattered really in our, our urban landscapes and, and disregarded. And we don't really look at the ground. Once again, mm-hmm. I think the ground becomes this area that we forget about and we ignore and it doesn't exist. 
And I feel by putting down a, a koi someplace, maybe make someone think about, oh, maybe I shouldn't just throw my litter right here. Maybe, maybe I, I should like, you know, um, care a little bit more about the sidewalk that we, we walk on. Um, some, some, some countries that we, we, we travel to, you know, they're, they're not as fortunate to actually have concrete paved sidewalks. Um, right. They're like kind of dirt and, and things like that. And so I think that, you know, adding, adding the koi to our, our, are nicely paved concretes maybe would make people think about how nice it is to have something that is actually paved to walk. On. So it's about awareness for you as well. I, I mean, I really didn't know how very political you are. And, and this is a perfect segue, in fact, for you to share with us a bit about your upcoming art show in San Francisco, the fundraising um, event that you're about to do. Yeah, yeah. So I'm um, part of a, a, a fundraiser at the Soma Art Center, September 9th, um, to the part of the Coalition on Homelessness to raise money um, for San Francisco homelessness um, and, and different uh, things related to that. Um, but I, I really think that, like, you know, my art is, like, for the people um, mm -hmm. and that uh, it should be accessible, but also um, do, do things for our, our community other than than just exist. Uh, of course, I've I've been able to choose pretty images or, or images that are pleasant to look at. Um, but if you if you think and stop for a moment, there, of course, is a little bit of a more political message and uh, a message that's for the community um, and and each part the piece that I do and so yeah, I'm really absolutely. excited to to be doing this um and um my, my piece has uh, five koi on it so it's about transformation which I think um, a lot of homeless people are trying to do they're trying to transform themselves they're literally trying to come from peasantry and walk through as many doors as it takes for them to become emperor or 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 whatever they, they may want to be themselves Mm, that's such a great and powerful message. Again, very political. Um, and to stay in that same vein, uh, let's talk about you being a queer artist and really focusing on that because you also have this really cool, what do you call him, a leather man character? What, do you, what is his name? Um, so yeah, I have like, um, a vaccinated, uh, bear. He's like a cowboy. <laughs> um, um, and, and so, yeah, no, like, um, this is, this is the part that I really love about my art. So, um, I'm a, I'm a queer street artist. Um, mm -hmm. we don't have really queer murals. It's only been very recent in the very like past year or two that we've started to have, um, things like rainbow crosswalks and, and things, things like that in, in cities and so we don't have a sense of queer visibility and in the 90s there was this activist group called queer nation um and they put out these crack and steel crack and peel stickers they were neon mm -hmm. colored they're very small they weren't anything big but they said that like you know gays bash back and and all of these things to try to stop um the violence towards the queer community in the 90s and and the gay bashings that were happening um yeah. and they really felt that these images out there would create a sense of queer visibility and that queer visibility is a really important thing to create a healthy society or or something of that nation or that 
idea for and 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 so i myself um i believe that by me putting out images of stencils like divine or like things of of the bear or leather community these are images that are creating hopefully a visual safe space for the queer community where someone who may be just walking down the 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 street someday and and not feel really um true into their identity of who they are but they may see a stencil of divine and then all of a sudden feel like they truly belong wherever they are and that they can be whoever they want we are constantly bombarded by heterosexual advertisements specifically mm-hmm. come christmas if you look at any of the billboards or bus stop or magazine advertisements um, besides a few very small um uh, news 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 articles you for the most part you will constantly see heterosexual people shopping buying things on these beautiful walks like in uh central park or whatnot and it's for some some jewelry company and mm-hmm. we don't see this like idea that being gay is okay or or being queer in whatever form of the lgbtq plus uh um you know uh uh segment of, of society that, that that we belong there. And so I like to put out these queer images to hopefully create the visual safe space and to also um, protest the fact that we don't have queer murals. Murals mm-hmm. are about empowering different demographics. We have murals that are for communities, counties, cities, um, immigrants, women, uh, handicapped people. We have all of these murals for all of these things, but the one murals we don't have are for queer queer community. And and murals are about empowering and make a visibility and make a sense of of belonging to any part of the community. And so our queer murals, um, for the most part, get rejected. They get vandalized by people in the community through different hate, um, uh, um, you know, messages and return to our sense of wanting to have equality. Um, and so by doing street art, they can't, they can't stop me. Like, like they can reject <laughs> my mural, they can go and deface my street art, but I'll go back and I'll put it back up there and I will keep talking about, we need queer murals and we need queer visibility in the world like forever. And I, you know, I'm really, uh, it's exciting. I'm living in San Francisco right now and San Francisco has started a, a movement for queer murals throughout the city. Um, and, and, and what's even is more amazing is that we're having trans transgendered murals going up in the, in the community. And so we're starting to see transgender visibility and an imagery of, of it that isn't in movies of, of them at being serial killers or, or, or something like that. Um, yeah. you know, which, which is a negative, image um that they have been um, portrayed in which is is, you know terrible Um, and totally wrong totally wrong i think that you're like this is happening but it's not happening everywhere it's not happening in like boise idaho it's not you know happening in atlanta georgia like you know maybe there's one or two in in atlanta maybe there's a rainbow crosswalk but we need murals just like you know we needed murals about the pandemic and just like we need murals right now about people getting vaccinated and and murals about people coming together we need we need murals that are about the queer community um we need murals that are about the transgender community um in a in a, in a sense of be- belonging um and and that they are too a part of the community um and so i do street art um and and, and that to to protest that and change that I love it. I couldn't agree with you more. I think it's such an important message. Um, I want to keep having this conversation, but we are going to take another really quick break. We'll be right back. 
enjoying the episode? I certainly hope so, but we have no way to know unless you tell us. After this episode, please leave us a review on your podcast app of choice and let us know what you love and what you want to hear next. This podcast is all about you and how else are we going to elevate your brand unless you talk to us? All right, everyone, talking with Jeremy Novi, who I'm just, I'm so excited about this conversation because not only um, are you really about art for the people, but we've now been talking about um, how important queer art is in the community and your mission to really normalize it. Um, and so I have to call out uh, your website, of course. Um, I believe it's just jeremynovistencils.com, correct? That is correct. And then you also, because you do make art for the people, have such accessible items on your Etsy shop as well. You've got really cool um, stickers of Divine, who is a gay icon. I love your Stonewall riot brick with the pride on it. It's so fabulous. Um, And then, of course, your bear, your Stay Strong, Wear a Mask uh, guy. And then your non-gay street sign. I mean, you just, your art makes me smile. And it's really... It's so political, but it also is so just visually beautiful that it, it's just, it's everything I want it to be, Jeremy. I'm so in awe of your work. I really am. Oh, thank you. Thank you very, very much. Um, yeah, and I wanted to go um, touch base on on the, the bear guy that we were talking about earlier, the, the stay strong, wear a mask guy. Um, so it was an image that I had done for a while, but during the pandemic, I really felt that we were seeing TV shows and watching watching movies where no one was wearing a mask, no one was social distancing. And so it wasn't really relating to our current um, state mm-hmm. um, and what was going on for, for us. And so I added a, a mask um, to the street art piece that already existed before the pandemic to really make him relatable and started putting him up um, all over uh, uh, doing doing um, road trips by myself social distancing during the pandemic um, from San Diego all the way up to Seattle Spokane and and back down you know and, and hitting hitting um, a lot of a lot of different cities and putting this this masked bear up to be like look it's it's cool to wear a mask like you know it's it's sexy to wear a mask you know <laughs> wear a mask and, and I've since added a band-aid to his arm um, and mm-hmm. that to signify that it's cool to vaccinate it's it's cool to um be be hopefully a a part of the the progression and movement out of you know this pandemic that we're in yeah and i'm again so grateful for the work that you that you do um i asked this of all of the artists that i interviewed i've only actually done a couple because this is like my new mission is to make sure that other people in the business community know about artists like you so that we can support you in the same way that you feed our souls with your art. Um, so my question is, how does it feel to be an artist that is actually appreciated in their own time? Because historically, that was not how artists existed. It was like you would make all these works, then you would die, and then you would be you know, a prolific artist. And I think especially when it comes to street art, uh, it's a very different experience. So do you feel like you're, um, like how does it feel to, to be a made a, an aware and um, recognized artist in your own time? Uh, it was pretty pretty amazing, um, truthfully. I mean, I completely started out um, doing stencils, not graffiti, but um, had been arrested for graffiti for my stencils. Um, I I have um, been, you know, said that I am creating graffiti, not something beautiful, for for a number of years in this the beginning. But um, in my current time, like you know, I've since painted museums in New Orleans. Um, 
I've, I've, I've been able to, you know, talk, talk to people like you about my art. And it is truly an, an amazing feeling, um, to have, uh, um, kind of gone to that, that recognition and, and rise to the, to the level of where people enjoy, enjoy my art. Um, I try to stay humble and I really try to stay true to um, the street art being for the people um, and, and try not to like, you know, move into like kind of big, big headed I ideas um, or, or really kind of moving to complete capitalism um, in, in my street art for sure. Um, but, but it is, is very exciting that um, it has, has moved to being so accepted. Um, when, you know, I started it, it wasn't accepted. Yeah. It, it was totally not, um, a cool art form yet. <laughs> well, that certainly has changed, which also makes me feel a little old because, uh, you know, when we were younger, we were, it was all about tagging and, and street art was graffiti and it was so cool because it was so dangerous. And now you see artists like you in galleries, which is a pretty amazing evolution. Um, but the work is the work and it's so beautiful, Jeremy. I, I just am such a fan. You're going to come here one day and do our house, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I do, I do enjoy traveling. Um, I try to get like a, a mural or something in different cities and then let people know through my Instagram that I'm going to be traveling through their city. And if they're interested in commissioning some koi or, or any of my other art, I have the ability, um, um, to come and do that in your cities. I love it. And what's your uh, your Instagram handle in case people want to DM you? Uh, Jeremy Novi. Awesome. And the work is so beautiful there as well. Make sure you follow him. Um, in the last few minutes we have to wrap up, I like to ask a couple of personal questions. So this is just quick fire and just, you know, whatever is in your gut. Um, what is the one thing you could not live without during the pandemic and you can't say art or your own work? Um, cookies. Truly. <laughs> <laughs> cookies like helped make me through the pandemic um uh it, it's just kind of this this thing that makes me like stop and feel <laughs> feel happy for a moment for sure jeremy that is the most honest playful childlike answer i've ever gotten on this entire podcast that made me just giggle so hard and it's so uh, honest in who you are which is i love it thank you that was a great answer um if you drink or if you don't drink, what is your, um, you know, your go-to vice, uh, cocktail, beer, wine, whatever? What's your, what's your go-to? Um, I really love chocolate milk. Oh, <laughs> um, sticking yeah, so with I the theme. Really have, like all these like um, um, kiddish things, but I, I love chocolate milk. It like, it like coats my stomach. It like kind of, I don't know, makes me feel, feel better or whatnot. But I, I am kind of a big chocolate milk drinker. I, I drink more than milk than I should. Chocolate milk and cookies. I mean, if yeah. this isn't the world through the eyes of an artist, I don't know what it is at this point. <laughs> so great. And the last question is, what is your favorite word and why? This could be something that has had meaning to you over time or something just pops into your head today. Well, I recently learned the word fabulosity. Um, oh yeah, and, and yeah, fabulosity. It's like um, it can be about clothing. It can be about how you feel. It can be be this thing that I, I recently um, learned from watching the the TV series Pose. That's <laughs> such a great, great show. Um, Jeremy, thank you so much for the time today. I want to give the mic over to you for any wrap of words of wisdom to any artists that are listening in or anyone uh, you know who might be interested in your work. 
Yeah, I mean, I would just um, say keep keep making art. Um, uh, you may not realize this, but your art is therapy for people that are viewing it. At the same time as it may be therapy for you to create it. And the world truly needs more and more art. Mm, I love it. Jeremy, thank you so much for spending some time with me today. Thank you. And thank you to all for listening in. Stay tuned for more Elevate Your Brand coming up next.